and welcome into the September 12th edition of Y'all Talking on a Wednesday and bringing you wealth of information about the South. I'm John Rawl. Glad you could join us. Our number, 803-816-1170. Want to hear from you here on the program that's all about Dixie. We've got country music talk coming up in hour two. Precious Harris will be stopping by and telling us about a Luke Bryan benefit deal this week where he opened up his new pub, it's really more of a honky-tonk, in downtown Nashville. He put on a free concert, and 30,000 people showed up for this thing on Monday in Nashville, creating quite a traffic nightmare for the Georgia singer and a hit maker. And he's got a number one song right now. We're going to play it in hour two. You don't want to miss it. Also, we'll be having some ACC football talk later this hour. A lot of changes as Hurricane Florence has caused the cancellation of some games. And one ACC team, speaking of Nashville, they're going to take their show on the road. They were supposed to play a game at their home stadium, and now they're going to play at Vanderbilt Stadium in Nashville this weekend. We'll tell you who that is in just a few here on the Y'all Show. And we do start out with Hurricane Florence in mind as it barrels toward the Carolina coast. Of course, we expect it to be a major impact in North Carolina. South Carolina is going to be impacted by this, and Virginia as well, and it's going to be a mess inland, well in from the coast as it hits tomorrow, early Friday, and it's going to linger. It's going to be around for a while. And I don't think, according to the projections, Charleston area north to Myrtle Beach is going to be all that bad from the impact of the wind. That's going to be more of a North Carolina thing. However, if you know anything about the drainage system of North Carolina, a lot of the rivers, some of the major rivers coming out of North Carolina, go into South Carolina. The PD River, for one. You also have the Broad River that goes up into North Carolina. So even though the storm's going to hit in North Carolina, it looks like primarily the the rain and all that is going to flood into South Carolina as well. And you're going to have massive flooding in both states. Virginia is going to be a disaster. West Virginia looks like it could be a disaster. Over into Maryland, Pennsylvania, that's why these storms are such a big news story. And residents, looks like, have heeded the warning and got out of most of the coastal areas of the north end of South Carolina and all along the North Carolina coast. That's good news as they project winds of around 140 miles per hour when Hurricane Florence does indeed come ashore. So that is what's going on. Governor Roy Cooper in North Carolina has sent out plenty of warnings to his residents. Big Master in South Carolina, same thing. Virginia's got warnings out there. We'll be back here to tell you all that we can here on the Y'all Show. But Hurricane Florence, the big story this week. And as we said, as it goes inland and even far away from the coast, you could see this hurricane cause mudslides. And that's why this impact has scientists currently on edge as, yes, mudslides in those mountainous areas where they're going to have tons and tons of rain. And when it hits that mountainous area in the western half of North Carolina, mudslides could come about. I know we've seen before Interstate 40 going between Asheville and Knoxville, Tennessee, has had rock slides before that have caused the interstate to be shut down for months, it seems. And now this could be more of a mudslide effect going on in addition to rock slides. So a lot of concerned people is this, this thing's going to hit 
And it's going to go into places like Western North Carolina and into East Tennessee and even Kentucky and West Virginia, Virginia, just North Georgia is going to be dramatically impacted by this thing. So be careful. You'll know because of the winds, but the after effect of all the rain and mudslides even happening too. Hurricane Florence, an absolute mess this week. And please, everybody, use extreme caution no matter where you are if you're going to be having effects hit you directly or if you're traveling to get away from it please be safe it's going to be a lot of people on the road and frankly a lot of people that don't have a plan they don't really know where to go they just got to get away from wherever they came from and you'll see people go into tennessee for example maybe down into florida they don't even have hotel rooms they're just just trying to get away from the madness and they got to be you got to watch out for these people and got to be careful now if Florence wasn't bad news, and it is bad, bad news, there's other disturbances going on right now in the Atlantic that forecasters are looking out for. There's two additional storm systems going on right now besides Florence. One is called Isaac, and another was called Helene, and they are out there in the Atlantic. One, I know, is expected to come near Puerto Rico, and that would be, I think, Isaac is the name storm for that. So that's going to be a few more days down the road when that becomes more of a news story. But yes, Florence and two others currently on the radar as forecasters watching what may happen. Hopefully, neither one of those other storms is going to be that big of a deal. But I've already seen where some are predicting one of those to yet come into the Caribbean could impact the Texas and Louisiana Gulf Coast with a lot of rain if it doesn't become a hurricane it will be some type of tropical disturbance or storm and that will be a problem next week so just giving you a little heads up here on the y'all show about what's going on there now moving away from the weather let's talk about some southern business and in little rock amazon is in the news because they put up a tent in the north little rock area of little rock and this looks like it's going to be a 16,000 foot facility and it's a temporary facility you know you'd think in arkansas amazon would come in there and put in a trailer a mobile home for their products but i'm kidding arkansas I'm kidding we could say that about any of our southern states frankly but they're putting up a 16,000 foot temporary tent and the tent doesn't have to have water or sewer connections there's going to be modular buildings nearby and this will be a transitory facility in north little rock and it's helping out Amazon. Now, according to Arkansas Online, Amazon has put up similar tents in places like Baton Rouge and Memphis, and it's a test plan to speed package delivery. Now, I'll tell you, in Memphis this week, they just started Amazon, a grocery delivery service where you get your groceries within one hour if you order through Amazon. So Amazon, with a burgeoning presence throughout the southeast right now, and I think Perhaps that may be what they've got up their Amazon sleeve in Arkansas with a, a tent in North Little Rock. So if you see something big on the horizon, it probably isn't a preacher in there like Billy Graham used to do giving a sermon. It's Amazon with a sermon about making a lot of money. And Jeff Bezos, who has a southern connection, he has his roots in Texas. I think he's now the world's richest man for a company that not long ago was a joke because it couldn't make any money. They started out selling books online, and they weren't making money at it. And now here they are 
years later. Congratulations. They're getting bigger and bigger. A Savannah, Georgia shrimper is in the news as he's been sentenced to roughly six years in prison for filing false claims of income loss from foreign competition. It happened to Michael Brian Anderson. He was sentenced and convicted. He was convicted and then sentenced of charges including money laundering, and he's also ordered to pay roughly $818,000 in restitution, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Georgia. Anderson submitted false claims to the federal reimbursement program of losses due to foreign competition. He received $800,000, which he used to buy boats and real estate. And now he's going away for a while, claiming that foreign competition was a problem for him in his shrimp boat industry. Where is Forrest Gump when you need him? Forrest Gump, by the way, a movie filmed in Savannah, Georgia. But this shrimper going to jail for lying about competition and getting, golly, $800,000 of aid when he claimed that. Don't need to lie. He's going to pay for it. Another high school football player in the state of Mississippi has died during a football game. 15-year-old William Anderson played for Houston High School in North Mississippi, and he was taken to a hospital in Tupelo after he complained of a severe chest pain during a JV game on Monday night of this week, and he later died in Tupelo. The local school superintendent, Tony Cook, said in a statement that group counselors were at the school on Tuesday to help students, teammates, and friends deal with the death of William Anderson of Houston High School in North Mississippi dying on the football field. We recently told you about another North Mississippi football player dying on the football field. It appears that that player may have had cocaine in his system, according to the reports coming out of the Memphis area. So that's not the case here, it looks like, with this young man and a tragic loss. But the other guy from... The Bahalia, Mississippi is where he was from. He died in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Autopsies shows that he had cocaine in his system when he died. But with sad news from Houston, Mississippi, as a player there dying while playing football. Authorities in New Orleans have arrested a man and accused him of selling a 13-year-old girl for sex. David Jones, 26-year-old, was booked into the jail on Friday and on trafficking of children for sexual purposes and other offenses. The police there in New Orleans say the girl, a girl's mother reported the teen as a runaway in August and was later told about a video that had streamed live on Twitter of the girl having sex with one man while five others chanted encouragement to him. The mother later learned from the police the girl had been dropped off at a relative's residence and the girl said a man she knew as D made her have sex with men for cash and she would give to the money to him. She said D ordered her to say she was 18. But a man in New Orleans accused of selling a 13-year-old for sex. Jimmy Buffett's in the news. The Mississippian slash Alabama slash Florida singer and music icon. Well, they know about his fun lifestyle that he leads, whether it's hanging out at the beach, having a beer, maybe having a margarita. And got to have a margarita while listening to the song Margaritaville from Jimmy Buffett, of course. Well, it looks like he's now branched out into another business. And that business would be marijuana. <laughs> he has licensed his brand, Coral Reefer, to Certera to develop and market medical and therapeutic cannabis products. 
and wellness lifestyle products. The medical, medical marijuana products include vaporizer pens, tinctures, I have no idea what a tincture is, oral sprays, topical creams, and time-released transdermal patches. Soft gels will soon be ordered. And Buffett said in a statement, that time being the long overdue recognition of the numerous healing properties of cannabis, I have followed and studied with keen interest the intensity, the recent involvement of the medical marijuana story and the path towards the simple common sense conclusion that cannabis is good medicine and should be available to all who need it. Now, Jimmy, you're out here making a bold statement with your stand for cannabis, but perhaps you were using the old cannabis when you issued your statement. And that's because he had a major typo in his released statement. As he wrote, the simple common sense conclusion, well, he misspelled common sense. Instead of it being common S-E-N-S-E, the singer, songwriter, and I said icon, spelled sense, S-I-N-C-E. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. You can write songs, but you can't write a statement. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on, on the wacky weed for that. But Jimmy Buffett now with his new cannabis company, Coral Reefer. Okay. Killer Mike is an Atlanta-based rapper, and he is now the newest member of High Museum of Art. They're bored. This is a board with 85 members on it, and he is going to serve for three years as a board member of the High Museum of Art. So good job, Mr. Killer Mike. Now, I've, I actually have heard of this guy, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. He's an Atlanta-based rapper, recording artist, whatever you want to call him. He's had five studio albums and has had some success. His first album came out in 2003. It was a studio album called Monster. It went to number 10 on the chart. And he's had several others since. His, I guess, biggest song, if you want to call it, on the chart was called Adidas, but it wasn't the way you would think it would be. It's A period, D period, I period, D period, A period, S period. I'm afraid to look up what that really means, but that was a song that came out many years ago. Uh, in 2003 is when it came out. And it got positive reviews from reviewers at the time. And as we said, it's from Killer Mike, Adidas. And he, he kind of took that to fame. He's also been in some movies. He's had appearances in various other songs and, and, and also music videos and such. But now he's on the art board in Atlanta for this Georgia native. So good job, Killer Mike. Now, Mississippi State University, the school there, the fans and the, the administrators woke up this week to find their beloved bully statue. That's the bulldog mascot for Mississippi State. They've got actually a, a, a statue of bully on campus. And they woke up this week to find someone vandalized it and painted it Arkansas Razorback Red and wrote on the side of it, Woo Pig and the date, November 17th. 
That is the date the Razorbacks and the Hogs get together on the gridiron. Woo Pig Suey is the Arkansas's Razorbacks hog call. And yes, they indeed play. Actually, I'm wrong. The game between Arkansas and Mississippi State is November 11th. So these Vandals didn't even get the date right. They may be having some of that cannabis with Jimmy Buffett. But yeah, they painted the beloved bully statue at the MSU campus in Starkville red as opposed to maroon and put woo pig. Is this a hate crime? We have people all the time being prosecuted for hate crimes for destroying things like this. And uh, this this could be right there with it. This statue, by the way, is of the former live mascot for Mississippi State, Tatonka, and this was placed in the junction on campus by the university back in 2008. If you have any knowledge of who may have done this, and it could have been a, it could have been someone from the school up north. That would be the University of Mississippi that did this, just to throw them off. It's a long way from Starkville to Fayetteville, so I, I have a hard time believing it was a Razorback fan that could have come there and done this, but perhaps it was. If you have any knowledge of who, who put Woo Pig and painted this bully statue red, call the Mississippi State University Police Department at 662-325-2121. You can also email them, info at police.msstate.edu. We need to find out who's the guilty party here. Who would dare come to Starkville and vandalize Woo Pig? Hey, they got a good football team this year. MSU went to Kansas State one this past weekend. They're 2-0, and and they're, they're on the rise. So watch out for the bullies, the real bullies. Hey, comedian Aziz Ansari, he is a South Carolina native. He grew up near Florence, South Carolina, and he's a funny guy. You've probably seen him on TV. He hosted the White House roast, the one that President Trump and that comedian this year really went all overboard criticizing President Trump when he, he didn't go. Well, Anzari has hosted that before. Very funny guy. Well, he was in Nashville this week for a performance at Zany's, and the power went out. It was a sold-out show, and when the power lines went out, and uh, I think a down power line cut the power at this comedy club in Nashville, and 3,700 customers were affected by it, well, it was around a half an hour into Ansari's comedy show. Well, guess what he did? He just kept on trucking. And he did his stand-up set in the dark without a microphone. And I bet he was pretty darn funny. But here's a southern funny man, Aziz Ansari. He's been on a bunch of TV shows. I think he's even been in a movie or two. But kudos to this guy. And again, he is a South Carolinian and a comedian and went in the volunteer state this week. He didn't let a little power loss affect his routine. So good job, Aziz. Someone we need to get on the Y'all Show and bring some humor to this thing. <laughs> I think I think we could all benefit from that. Finally, finally, speaking of something to make you laugh, a Florida woman has doused her husband's eyes with hot sauce during an argument, and she got in trouble, was arrested for that. Esmeraldo Lopez, a, 40 year, a 41-year-old woman, was in Pasco County, Florida, arguing with her husband inside their home in La Hoochie. And what a name. I'm sorry, La Coochie. Yeah, La Coochie, sorry. Those 
Seminole-type words from Florida kind of kind of look a little funny at times. Lacucci is where she and her husband got into an argument, and she doused her husband's eyes because it was done against the victim's will and without his consent, according to the arrest affidavit. But yeah, putting hot sauce in your husband's eyes during an argument. And Miss Lopez will go to jail for that. That had to hurt. Putting anything in your eyes hurt. But hot sauce? She's been charged with domestic battery. All right. Well, that is a look at what's going on in the South. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that one there. We're going to come back on the program and talk some ACC football. Hurricane Florence has affected many ACC programs this week with cancellations and changes of venue. We'll have all of that up next, and we'll also talk to Jonathan about what a disastrous weekend. Can't blame Hurricane Florence for this one. What a disastrous weekend it was for week two for most of the ACC. We'll have that, plus coming up later this hour, we're going to have a spotlight on a big World War I battle that happened 100 years ago this week, and it really helped change the war and the southern troops that were a part of it, major players in it. We'll tell you about it later this hour here on The Y'all Show. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. And we're back here on the Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent. Hopefully you're in a good mood 
Well, I'm in a good mood. I just got back from the dentist on a, an appointment yesterday. And Jonathan Leifheit, my special guest here on the program, I'm not going to talk dentistry with you, but golly, it's the first time in my life I've ever been to a medical appointment, and they said, oh, no, sir, you don't owe anything. You actually have a credit with us. Now, what what a gift. And the gift that keeps on giving is now Jonathan Leifheit's coming on here to talk ACC football. Well, hopefully this won't be like pulling teeth for you. No, it won't be. But it will be a little bit painful for you, Jonathan. Other yeah, than, it is. Other than Clemson and Duke. Let's give Clemson and Duke great props. They deserve it. But my goodness, what a disaster for the ACC in week two. Yeah, I mean, you know, outside of the those that were chowing down on some cupcakes, uh, the ones that had real kind of uh, games per se uh, kind of looked pretty bad. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Georgia Tech, as you mentioned, uh, my team had the game in hand, uh, decided to fumble it away on the eight-yard line as they're headed for a score that would have probably put the game out. And they let South Florida right back in it. Then you've got uh, North Carolina, who's taking on a really weak and beleaguered uh, East Carolina team. And guess what? They get their butts handed to them, 41-19. to Oh, by the way, um, that same East Carolina team the week before lost to FCS opponent North Carolina A&T in a big way in Greenville, North Carolina. Yep. Then you've got uh, Pitt. That Just thought valiantly. I'd throw that out there. Yep. Then you got Pitt that fought valiantly for a half and then – proceeded to have their butts utterly handed to them in the second half and lose it's 51 to six to Penn state. And as I mentioned, you know, when you got the rest of them are kind of cupcakes. So not a particularly good day for, uh, Oh, I'm, I guess I miss Virginia as well. Losing to Indiana on the road. So yeah. lost uh, football superpower. IU. Yeah. I mean, that just makes it look good. It makes me justified in thinking to myself, that's why I had them rated so low. So, Nonetheless, not a good weekend for the ACC out of conference. Um, the only team, as you mentioned, the only two teams that really had good weekends in that regard. Uh, Clemson survives a crazy ending uh, to uh, Texas A&M, uh, where Texas A&M looked like they're going in for what could have been a, the tying score. They knocked the ball uh, through the end zone on a fumble in a very controversial call. Uh, Texas A&M still manages to come back and score and then miss on the two points, so Clemson kind of survives that one. That's a tough game going into College Station. Uh, you know, that they've got talent there. They've got a decent coach. Uh, you knew they were going to be amped up for Clemson, so uh, kudos to the Tigers for surviving a, and, uh, and getting that tough road win. And then, as you mentioned, Duke uh, did a really good job against uh, uh, Northwestern on the road. 21-7, to they look like they have a pretty uh, – Pretty tough defense going on up there in uh, in uh, Durham. Yeah, well, let's not let's not discount Duke's two wins. They beat Army in Week One. Army is a much improved Black Knight program under yeah. Jeff Munkin. Isn't that his name? Yes, Jeff Munkin. Uh, yeah, he's done a good job of bringing them back. They did have a pretty senior laden team, so they're doing a little bit of rebuilding this year. But nonetheless, it's it's not what I would call a cupcake win. That's a tough win for uh, for anybody. Uh, tough game to play. So, you know, kudos to Duke. They've had two very solid wins here early in the in the season, and uh, uh, they look like they're going to be uh, probably a force to be reckoned with on the coastal side now. Yeah. So now going up to Evanston, Illinois, and is it Evanston or Evansville? Uh, Evanston. Evanston. And then where is Northern Illinois? Uh, Northern Illinois, I believe, is in, oh, what's the name of that town? 
not Carbondale, but uh, that's that's Southern that's, Illinois. SIU, which almost yeah. we all miss over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, Jonathan, which, uh, that's your ancestral homeland, isn't it? Well, it, it kind of is, but, you know, it's not like I keep up with where those colleges were at the you, time. So. You, talk, you talk about a screwed-up life. Your ancestral homeland is Illinois and Cedartown, Georgia. Yeah, pretty much. So that <laughs> So if you ever have anything go wrong in your life, you can blame it on the cultural shock of having such extremes for your DNA. Yeah, I have a pretty pretty strong uh, dichotomy going on there, don't I? <laughs> Cedartown, a suburb of what's your closest town over in Alabama? Is that Ozark? Uh, no, Cedartown would be Roanoke. a suburb of, of Rome. Rome, okay. But now in, over on the Alabama side, what's the closest town? Uh, probably uh, Piedmont. He, Piedmont, okay, okay. Kind of a place you got to want to be going to if you're going to ever go there. It's, yeah. It's not exactly on any, any big interstate. So it no. was not the best of weeks for the ACC, and the conference has to get their act together as it is. It, Clemson, again, what a big win. We don't want to discount them either. They were able to hold on, and that old Dabo, I love when they capture him after those ball games. He's got his sermon ready to preach. And he's like, oh, it was two points, but if it was one point, you know, that counts too. And the preacher man with a big win over the A&M Aggies in College Station. Can't uh, can't discount how big a win that was for the Tiger program. And some people say now they're smooth sailing the rest of the way. Would you agree with that? You know, I'm not sure um, I would completely agree with that. They can't, uh, they can't let up. They've got some teams – they can beat them. I mean, last year Pitt beat them, and they still made it to the championship game. So, no, I wouldn't say that they have smooth sailing. I would say that the probably uh, one of their bigger challenges on the year is probably uh, you know traveling to College Station. Mm-hmm. That was probably they got rid of one of those, but I still they, they still got to stay on point, uh, and uh, or they could uh, they could find themselves on the outside looking in. Well, I mean, NC State could potentially be a little bit of a, a problem for them. Yep, absolutely. NC State, Boston College. Uh, Boston College doesn't play them till late in the season, and Boston College has a real favorable schedule. And and I, I really like teams that can get kind of some momentum going behind them, and, and you'll find they'll play with some confidence. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't give the Tigers a bit of a fight. All right. Well, Jonathan, it took a few minutes because our crack research team doesn't have the data at hand about anything above the Mason-Dixon line. So we yeah. actually actually had to do some real hard research. Northern, okay. Northern Illinois is located in the big town of DeKalb, Illinois. DeKalb. Okay. There so, you go. So keep that on your trivia contest uh, agenda. Now, this week we turn the page, Mr. Leifheit, and unfortunately Mother Nature is at hand. We've already seen a couple of games get canceled. There may be even more, but North Carolina UCF, which was scheduled to be played in Chapel Hill. That game's been called off. So has West Virginia at NC State, a big game. And the words I'm seeing is that both of these different contests, pitting ACC teams against AAC and Big 12 teams, the word is canceled, meaning not rescheduled. Do you have any more info info on that? Not not at this point. I mean, uh, I think it's going to be a, a matter of can they open something up on the schedule and kind of where it goes. Um, you know, it's ironic, though, that uh, one of these is involving a UCF. Yeah. Who had two games last year uh, impacted by the by the hurricane, one of them against uh, my, my Yellow Jackets, uh, completely canceled. 
and then another one that they had they had to move so uh it's ironic that they travel out of florida thinking they'll get away from the hurricanes and guess what they ran into a hurricane so uh really bad i'm gonna be real interested to see also i haven't heard anything yet but wake forest plays uh hosts boston college on thursday night and that hurricane is slated to kind of slam into north carolina on thursday night so uh, i think it bears watching kind of what they do winston-salem of course is a little further inland but nonetheless, that is one massive hurricane, and I would not be surprised to see uh, them maybe do something about, uh, you know, rescheduling that or, or seeing what, what can be done. And they may be looking into that. A little bigger deal since that's a, a conference game. That may be why they're holding off on that now. And then I also think uh, uh, there'll probably be a couple, there'll be a few more games impacted on Saturday by the aftermath of what's there. Uh, Virginia Tech hosts uh, East Carolina, Roanoke, and the uh, Blacksburg area is expected to get ridiculous amounts of rain out of this. And then further up the coast there, Pittsburgh is hosting Georgia Tech, and it would not surprise me to see some weather impact that uh, as that thing moves inland. So a uh, whole lot of uh, stuff. And oh, I, I forgot to mention also Virginia hosting Ohio. Virginia, as I mentioned, getting a lot of rain from this. So Really going to be an interesting week. Weather's going to play a really uh, big part of a lot of the games. It already has played a part. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, cancel some of those games and, and keep folks safe and also uh, let those first responders do what they should be doing instead of at, at the game. So I'm, I'm happy to see NC State and, and UNC do what they did. Um, if, uh, if necessary, I, I have no problems with them doing the same thing for Wake Forest and Boston College. Yeah, and another factor in this is that, especially North Carolina, which seems to be getting the brunt of Hurricane Florence, the people involved in law enforcement and the first responders and stuff, they don't need to be patrolling roads for a football game. They need to be in areas where they're going to be really, really needed. And that's another reason some of these cancellations are happening at schools well inland, but you're going to have lots of flooding issues and more. And Jonathan, having a hurricane come when you're just getting your season going is not a good thing. We saw that last year with Georgia Tech. Don't you think that game with UCF, had it been played and let's say Georgia Tech may have even won the game, that would have been a lot better deal than not playing at all? Yeah, I, I do. And, you know, you never know kind of it... – we've seen it before with, you know, games getting canceled and teams losing some momentum and, and just kind of getting out of sorts and stuff. And then, you know, throws the whole season off. So, you know, you really don't want to see this. I mean, from the human aspect and in the non-football aspect, you really don't want to see it, but, you know, from a season perspective as a fan, you know, it can, it can have an impact on, on how your team looks and, and, you know, what kind of rhythm they can get into. So, you know, uh, realizing that the non-football parts are a lot more important, but still it, it, it does have an impact on the season. And, Jonathan, I don't know if I heard you mention this. Yes, Boston College is scheduled to play Wake Forest. Did you say that was going to be on a Friday? Because that's when it was scheduled to be played. Uh, actually, it's on a Thursday. Is it? It is the Thursday night game. Oh, you're right. Last... You're right. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. I knew it was a little bit different. Yeah. Boston College, Wake Forest, that game is on Thursday of this week, so there is a chance they can squeeze that one in perhaps or maybe move it up even earlier. There's actually going to be a game played in North Carolina tomorrow, Coastal Carolina at Campbell. That game was originally scheduled to be played at Coastal Carolina. They've moved it up to a Wednesday afternoon. I think it's a 2 o'clock Eastern kickoff. Free admission. Jonathan, if you're not doing anything, you can get to Bowie's, <laughs> Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, and check out the Chanticleers and the Camels, the fighting Camels. 
I think I'm going to do everything I can to stay out of North Carolina okay. this this next week, to be perfectly honest. All right. <laughs> well, the Miami Hurricanes, speaking of weather, the Hurricanes are on the road. They travel to Toledo this weekend for a game. That one should be able to get played. FSU is escaping Florida. They're going to New York to take on the Syracuse Orange in a game. ECU at Virginia Tech. You mentioned Pitt is supposed to host Georgia Tech. Clemson's got Georgia Southern coming in to Memorial Stadium for a game on Saturday, Duke's hitting the road. They're leaving North Carolina, and they get to go for 3-0 and as they take on the Baylor Bears in Waco this weekend. And Western Kentucky is at Louisville. And as you said, Ohio is scheduled to play UVA. That game could have some impact. In fact, according to my schedule, Jonathan, is this? have you heard about this? According to my crack research team, Ohio at Virginia, and it says Vanderbilt Stadium in Nashville. Uh, you know, I haven't heard that, um, so this, I apologize. This could be a misprint, but that's that's what it's showing here. Let me go take a look at that. Are you look- yeah, I'm looking at the same thing, and it's it's saying that they may have moved that game. So um, we'll see. Let's let's actually check another one. Yep, Lane Stadium is still hosting East Carolina. I was wondering about that so, one. So. so you're seeing that the UVA is supposed to play in Nashville too? Yeah, I'm showing that. I um, was just looking at the ESPN schedule, so that's what they're showing. I'm not sure if we're looking at the same one. So, Well, let me double-check that that's right before we say goodbye to you for the day because, uh, you know, Vanderbilt and Virginia both start with Vs. Maybe somebody at ESPN doesn't realize the difference. That could be. But, yeah, I would be very shocked if that was true, but nonetheless, I guess it's possible. Hey, if you're a Who's fan, hey, a trip to Music City could be could be a lot of fun. Could be. Jonathan, there is some news out of Atlanta as your one of your players there, Benson, is evidently done for the year with an injury. Tell us about that. Yeah, Benson hurt himself against uh, South Florida, went out, and they actually listed him as questionable to return for the game, so I was not too concerned about it. And then uh, today at Paul Johnson's uh, press conference, he announced that uh, he was going to be done for the season. Uh, They're going to be ha- having surgery. Corvante Benson, and he was a B-back? He was a B-back, and he was the starting B-back, had a really good season last year, and it's going to be a pretty big loss. Okay. Well, tough loss, again, as Georgia Tech went down to USF this past weekend. And he wasn't the one that fumbled the ball. That was the quantum leap Searcy. There you go. And he dropped the ball. And it it is indeed, according to sources, Virginia has moved its game to Nashville Due to Hurricane Florence. Now that is that's quite a change there. UVA playing at Vanderbilt Stadium against Ohio this weekend. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I did not I did not see that news. So uh, that's that's a good new one on me. Yeah. So that, I may have to check that out. Go Hoos. All right. There you go, Jonathan Lifeline. Anything else ACC wise we need to get from you before you say adieu and you get hunkered down for Hurricane Florence. Just remember, I never hunker down. <laughs> and I, I, I meant to say that intentionally to see what you would say, but <laughs> go ahead. Nothing else. Nothing else uh, from from my perspective. I think the hurricane news is kind of dominated stuff, and uh, um, I just hope everyone in North Carolina stays safe and sound, and uh, you know, keep it, keep it, uh, keep it inside. All right. Again, check out your local team if you want to go see a game anywhere in the Carolinas, Virginia, maybe even in Pennsylvania. That whole eastern seaboard, things could be impacted. And, of course, the ACC is on the Atlantic coast. So there's no conference maybe that's going to be impacted more than the ACC with this hurricane moving through the air this weekend. Jonathan Leifite, 247sports.com, CBS Sports Digital. Thank you very much, and best of luck to you this weekend. All right. You have a great week. Talk to you soon. All right. 
This is the Y'all Show. We will be back in just a moment. We're going to turn our page from football to the battlefield known as World War I. It was on this date in 1918, 100 years ago, that Allied troops started the San Mahil Offensive, and Americans really helped turn the tide of World War I. When we come back, we're going to tell you more about this battle and the great doughboys that were a part of it and how it did help change the Great War. We'll tell you about it next on The Y'all Show. Stay with us. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Every year, thousands overpay for a used car. They're left feeling disappointed, ashamed, and alone. Traditional pricing books only add to the confusion, offering only guesstimates and ranges. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Taking you back a hundred years ago for that little tune there, a song called Like Washington Cross the Delaware, Pershing Will Cross the Rhine. <laughs> That's some old school music for you here on the Y'all Show. And the reason we're playing that song, which was a popular song from World War I, is it was a hundred years ago this week. It actually started today, 100 years ago. The American Expeditionary Forces in France, under Commander-in-Chief General John J. Pershing, launched its first major offensive in Europe as an independent army. America entered World War I in 1917. That was three years after the conflict actually began amongst the European powers, and America stayed out of it. But uh, events changed, and ultimately Woodrow Wilson helped the country into war by declaring war and Congress backed him on it. And so our troops went over to Europe starting in 1917 to fight in what we call the Expeditionary Force. But Americans did not want to go all the way over over there, (laughs) as the song, another song would say, and serve under the command of the Europeans. They did not want to be going into battle under the British flag or the French flag. So they, in some ways, kind of refused to do it. Well, finally, it took a while, but ultimately, the different European powers agreed to let the Americans be their own force. And John J. Pershing, Black Jack Pershing, 
led this first major offensive by Americans, and it was in September of 1918, over a year after America had declared war before they actually had a major, major battle. And this, this offensive happened, as we said, uh, this, this San Miguel offensive in September of 1918. Now, to give you an idea of what exactly happened in this major World War I battle fought starting September 12th through the 15th, it was Americans going up against the Germans, the Germans commanded by Max von Gallowitz, and some of the commanders on the American side, besides John J. Pershing, was Douglas MacArthur. He was a part of this battle. And I think also you had George Patton was in this battle as well. Of course, not major generals at this time, but they were all under the command of General John J. Pershing. The attack at St. Mihiel was a part of a plan by Pershing in which he hoped that Americans would break through the German lines and capture the fortified city of Metz. Metz is kind of on the German border. And it was the first and only offensive launched solely by the U.S. Army in World War I. And the attack caught the Germans in the process of retreating. And this meant that their artillery was out of place in the American attack. Coming up against deorganized German forces proved more successful than expected. The attack established the stature of the U.S. Army in the eyes of the French and Belgian forces. And again demonstrated the critical role of artillery during World War I and the difficulty of supplying much massive armies while they were on the move. The American attack faltered as artillery and food supplies were left behind on the muddy roads and the attack on Metz was not realized as the Germans refortified their positions and the Americans then turned their efforts to the Meuse-Argonne offensive. And I think that's where you had Bella Wood happen in World War I. The first army was involved that was the major army with the one, four, and five corps underneath the first army in World War One in this battle, and it featured 550,000 doughboys in this battle, and they were joined by over 100,000 French colonial corps members in this attack. The Germans didn't have anywhere close to that number of people, but the Germans suffered major losses. The American casualties in this battle was 7,000, including 4,500 killed in action during the San Miguel Offensive of September 1918. The German casualties, 22,500. They had 2,000 killed in action, 5,500 Germans were wounded, and more than 15,000 were taken prisoner. Now, that was a major turning point, and it was because of events such as the San Miguel Offensive in September, that the German leadership realized that with the Americans now in the war, that the chances of the Germans pulling out a victory was very, very remote. And that's why ultimately, come October and certainly leading up to the November 11th, 1918 armistice, the Germans realized that they did to get out of this thing however they needed to. And an armistice was signed we know the rest of the history, rest of the story on what happened there, but this offensive led by General John Pershing in 1918, helping turn the tide, and a lot of Southerners were in this battlefield. By the way, General Pershing 
was a native of Missouri. He was from Laclede, Missouri, and was born in 1860 in this town in North Missouri, in Lynn County, Missouri, way up there, almost in Iowa. That is his home, and General Pershing, really the, the biggest general in World War One, and, and he also was famous for some of the activity along the U.S.-Mexican border prior to World War One. By the way, General Blackjack Pershing died after World War II. He died in July of 1948 at the age of 87. But we remember this week the 100th anniversary of the San Miguel Offensive in World War One, a battle that really helped show the world that the Americans were going to be a force in this war. And although the war only lasted, thankfully, another two months after this offensive and the armistice came, you all know that America was a major force. Unfortunately, some 25 years later, when World War II happened at the same spot, and Americans led the way there and, of course, in the Pacific. So that's a little Our South history for you here. We love our Southern history, and this happened, of course, in Europe, but so many Americans, many of your own ancestors, perhaps. You have a grandfather, a great-grandfather that could have been in this battle. We want you to go look it up. See, if you had a doughboy in World War I in your family tree, and salute them as we remember the great, great job they did a century ago. Well, that wraps hour one of today's Y'all program. Hang on. When we come back after the break, we're going to have hashtag hullabaloo. <laughs> and then we'll move over to our Nashville music line with Precious Harris. We'll talk some music. I got I to gotta pick on her about some sports stuff going on in Music City. So you don't want to miss all that. That's ahead in hour two of today's Y'all show. Talk with a Southern accent. That's what we do here on the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. And welcome back into the second hour of the Wednesday Y'all as we keep our eye on Hurricane Florence barreling toward the Atlantic side of the South with North Carolina kind of unfortunately right in the middle of the path, it appears, of this Category 4 hurricane. And other surrounding states are going to be impacted by it, and it's going to cause a lot of rain, a lot of flooding, a lot of just chaos for a couple of days here. So please, please help help those in need, help the Red Cross, help raise money, help send supplies. And we've got a lot of people going for the relief effort from states that aren't going to be directly impacted. So I want everybody to keep Hurricane Florence and let's, let's all say prayers about the people that are going to be impacted by this. It's it's just going to be a, a big one, unfortunately, this week in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and other states where you're going to see flooding and a lot of rainfall. And Florence is in mind as we start today's hashtag hullabaloo. <laughs> and we're not going to poke fun at the hurricane, but there, there's some stuff coming out on social media that is hurricane-related. And a little chuckle may not be a bad thing to kind of calm the nerves as we're all on edge as Hurricane Florence approaches. 
Bibiana Crawl is on Twitter. Her Twitter account is Bibiana1KRALL. And she's an author and an MFA, a traveler, and she likes to write fiction. And sure enough, she's got some stuff out there if you want to check out her writing. Bibiana, B-I-B-I-A-N-A, Crawl, K-R-A-L-L. Not to be confused, Crawl with Rawl. <laughs> but a, a good name. I guess she's a fellow German. And she identifies herself as the Deep South USA. Well, I need to know where Deep South USA is. I thought I was in the Deep South, but maybe, Bibiana, you got me beat. But she has a tweet that she put out that I found that I want to share with you because it is Hurricane Florence related. It says, one of these days I'm going to start my southern weather forecasting show. Here it goes. A bathrobe, cup of coffee on the porch, and nature time. Well, folks, the birds and crickets are still here. When they leave, the snakes come out of their holes, and 12 hours later, it's pure chaos. Be safe, y'all. Okay, well, on a weather forecasting grading scale, Bibiana, I'd give that about a uh, 70. Pretty good, pretty good. There again, she says, a bathrobe, a cup of coffee on the porch, and nature time. Well, folks, the birds and crickets are still here. When they leave, the snakes come out of their holes, and 12 hours later, it's pure chaos. Be safe, y'all. I like the be safe, y'all, at the end for Bibiana. Maybe you should stick to writing <laughs> fiction in your books instead of getting into the weather forecasting. But I've seen really a lot of weather forecasters over the last couple of days go out of their way to stress the importance of, of evacuation and being safe. And there was a weather forecaster, I think his first name's Tim, I don't know his last name. He's with WIS Television in Columbia, South Carolina. When Florence first kind of gave the uh-oh, we might have something at the end of last week, this guy at his own home started a Facebook Live broadcast in his basement of his home last Friday night. And I watched it, and he did an unbelievable job just with his, with his iPhone in front of him talking. And, and I know these weather forecasters, are, are great all over the South, and I know a lot of them get paid pretty good too. But he was going the extra mile to put out this Facebook Live broadcast in Columbia, South Carolina, WIS. You can find them on television, on Facebook rather, and they are the longtime NBC affiliate in Columbia. And he went he went above and beyond to let the people that follow the Facebook page for that news site know what is going on and he started pulling up right there again he wasn't in the comfort of having his own studio at the television station he was at his home but he was pulling up what he could off of his laptop showing people pretty neat and that's it's amazing what we can do with things like that in today's world you know in the old days he would have had to go into the station they probably would not have interrupted programming at that point since it was prime time on a friday night but he could go and broadcast, and people could see it and share it. And that's how I found it. Someone who lives in that area did a like or a retweet or re repost or whatever it's called, and I saw it, and I could tell he wasn't all decked out in his normal garb of being a weather forecaster. He, I think he might have even had a golf shirt on. I was like, what's this all about? 
And that's when I saw that. I said, uh-oh, we really may have something. This is this is likely to cause a major problem. If they've got a guy two and a half hours from the coast doing this kind of deal on a Friday night and the storm's not even expected to, to arrive for a week, this this is a big, big honking deal. And indeed, that was the case. So we want to thank all of our forecasters across the south, especially in those areas that are going to be impacted by this. you got your Weather Channel team going into these areas. You'll see your Anderson Coopers and people like that start showing up after the storm hits. So it uh, it's important to get the word out there, and, and we, we appreciate the technology and the great talent of people who do weather forecasting on a day-to-day basis. Our storm chasers based in Biloxi, Mississippi, at Keesler Air Force Base. They go all over the southeast into the Atlantic and the Caribbean, flying over these storms and giving us the great data. So a lot of people involved in in an effort to bring awareness and bring safety to the South and Americans during these times of crisis. Here is a GIF I saw that brought me a a small laugh that I want to share with you. Again, bring a little humor to such a dark subject but this was a gif i saw on facebook before the hurricane hits y'all need to take pictures without makeup or filters so if y'all floating by we know who you are (laughs) that one you may have seen that gif i've seen a lot of people put that out there but it's it's pretty funny you know so many i want to pick on you women so many young women especially millennials they have so many pictures of themselves, but they put those goofy graphics on and they distort their face and they put little you know, stars and hearts and you've seen it. it I, I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. But that is the norm in their photo gallery. And, and also people get they got the glamour shot photo as well if they're going to have a picture on social media and they don't really have pictures of what they kind of normally look like and so this gif saying before the hurricane hits y'all need to take pictures without makeup or filters so if y'all floating by we know who you are that's kind of morbid there but yeah i like to know what you really look like and not what some photo filter that put little stars and rainbows and whatever else is out there on those photo filters, I will gladly declare here and tell you truthfully that I've never, ever taken a picture of myself and used one of those bizarre photo filters to distort my look. I've never done that, but secondly, I've never done that and then actually put it out there for everybody to see. Maybe just to goof around would be one thing to see what it would look like, but to do it would be a whole nother thing. There's a app my son and I like to play around with from time to time that's kind of funny called FaceApp, F-A-S-E-A-P-P. And with this app, you can take a picture of yourself or someone else, and you can, they got these little filters where you can change your appearance to where you might look older or younger, or it might put a mustache on you or a beard. It's a really neat thing, and my son when he gets it at eight years old and he, he finds a picture of me and goes in there and he finds a picture of himself sometimes, he'll just have the fun, most fun time. And I'll, if he has my phone and he's laughing out loud hysterically, I know 
what's happened. He's grabbed my phone and he's cut on the Face app app. And it's a it's a pretty funny app. But that app does not have those goofy stars and rainbows and whatever else that this person's talking about that has photo filters. And yeah, let's get a good picture of you for everybody to see. Let's change those Facebook profile pictures right now before Florence arrives. Another Florence-related GIF that I found that I want to share with you here on today's program has a picture of a grocery store, and all the shelves seem to be empty except for this certain section. This is pretty funny. And it says above the headline of this area that's got tons of food there, but everything around it is gone. And it says, even with a hurricane coming, people would rather starve than eat vegan. And it has an expletive after the word vegan that I can't say. But yeah, rather than than starving, people would rather starve than eat the vegan products that are in grocery stores. I I believe that. I, I fully believe that so many people want real food, not this so-called vegan food that's out there. But stock up. Grocery stores are pretty much empty in those areas. And I'm sure the price of fuel's gone up, the price of bread's gone up, and all the other necessities people need to get through these major storms across the South that happen in this time of year. But that's that's a, a funny gif. Clarice is on Twitter. Her tw- account is Clarice I-N-A-Z. Clarice N-A-Z. So I'm going to take a stab that she might be in Arizona. And she puts, oops, these tweets are all over the place. Well, yeah, Clarice, I'm sitting here in the south, and I'm about to read your tweet, and I think you might be away in Arizona. So that's why we have the power of Twitter you might want to watch what you write. But here's what Clarice wrote, and the reason we're talking about it on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. She says, everyone talks about Southern hospitality, but what do you know about res hospitality? Hashtag res, R-E-Z, hospitality. Well, Clarice, when I saw this, I didn't know exactly what you were talking about. I had to look it up. And assuming I found what you were talking about. I'm glad you brought this up because res hospitality just might be a res as in an American Indian reservation, which they often call amongst each other the res, going to the res. So, yeah, I guess an Indian reservation is a very hospitable place probably for those who are members of that reservation. But I don't know what the rules are for visiting. I don't know too many places that go out of their way to encourage you to come visit the reservation. I do know here in the South, we have two reservations that are in the South that are pretty big. And they, I know one goes out of their way to attract tourists, and that's Cherokee, North Carolina. The other is in Philadelphia, Mississippi in Neshoba County, where they have the Choctaw Indian Reservation. Both have large casino operations. And the fun thing, now that we're in the month of November, uh, in month of September, and it's football season, and we need to probably spotlight this on the show sometime, 
Those two schools, one in Philadelphia, Mississippi, one in Cherokee, North Carolina, a long way apart, they usually play a football game each year between the two Indian tribes. The Choctaws face off against the Cherokees, and it's a really neat thing. And it usually happens early in the season, so I should know. I need to look that up of, of, of maybe when the game is this year, who won the game, but the Cherokees and the Choctaws. I've seen video of it on YouTube of them playing. There's some big football players for both of those schools, and they have a, a, a really important football game between these two high schools in Mississippi and North Carolina, Cherokees versus Choctaws, which in Southern history, I don't think they got along that well back before the area was settled by whites. When it was just Indians in the area, I think the Cherokees and Choctaws had a few wars. I believe there were times where the Cherokees took Choctaws as slaves, perhaps vice versa. But yeah, they didn't get along back then, but I think they're they're getting along much better now, Cherokees and Choctaws. But Clarice, you're in Arizona where you have the Navajos and more, and we appreciate this tweet. It helps us remember the important role that American Indians have had in our country's history. And if you're an American Indian or have American Indian lineage, that's a great thing to be proud of. And if you don't know much about it, look into it. Look into it and be proud of your ancestry. I think I've got some in me. I, I don't know the exact details. It's not much. But that's probably the case for most of you. Most Southerners, white and black, have, in most cases, some kind of Indian connection. And it's a really neat aspect of our region and our country's history, the, the melting pot that we are, including having American Indian lineage for, for a lot, lot of us uh, who have been in the country with ancestry going back to before the Civil War, for sure. Finally, on Twitter, we go to Lane Southern Orchards. That is in Fort Valley, Georgia, five minutes west of I-75, just off of exit 142. And this is a business that's been around since 1908. Family-owned Lane Southern Originals has grown and harvested the best-tasting best peaches and pecans or pecans in Georgia. And they have a gift shop available online for you to shop. Lane Southern Orchards. And I love the message they have on their official homepage. And it says, we just want to warn y'all. There's no turning back after you've had a sweet Georgia-grown peach. Pretty good propaganda coming from lanesouthernorchards.com. That's the website. They're open daily, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. If you're in South Georgia and you want to check out Lane Southern Orchards. Now, I say South Georgia. They could be kind of between that South Georgia, Central Georgia area. But remember what I told you. They're just off of exit 142 on 75, which is the interstate going south from Atlanta toward Tampa, Florida. Going through Valdosta is, is I-75, for example. But they have a tweet on the Lane Southern Orchards account, at Lane Southern is the name of the Twitter account, that caught my eye. And their tweet said, have you tried our mild chow chow? We use it on our turkey paninis at the Peach Tree Cafe. This classic southern condiment is a mix of cabbage, onion, sweet pepper, vinegar, and pickling spices. Well, I've heard of chow chow, and I'm sure 
many of you not only have heard it, you might have even tried to make chow chow before. Well, I'll show my southern ignorance. I have no idea what it really is. So, what does one do when you're clueless about chow chow? You pick up the old phone and you Google it. <laughs> and that's what I did. So, if you don't know what chow chow really is, and, and Lane Southern Orchards just gave us a hint of what they put in theirs, but let me tell you a little bit more about it and the divide between the North and the South, as the Northerners have their own version of chow chow, and the Southerners do too. So, here is the chow chow breakdown. The version of chow chow from down here is made from a combination of veggies, mainly green and red tomatoes, onions, carrots, beans of various types, asparagus, cauliflower, and peas. And the Yankee variety of chow chow, <laughs> it's made almost entirely of cabbage. Boring! Of course the northerners have a boring version of chow chow. These ingredients are put pickled in a canning jar and after preserving chow chow is served cold, often as a condiment or relish. So, it is a good thing to add to variety of items, maybe a hot dog with chow chow or greens if you like your turnip or mustard or collard greens, people put chow chow on that. Just just an unbelievable amount of options for you with your chow chow. And you can get this chow chow at Lane Southern Orchards in Fort Valley, Georgia. LaneSouthernOrchards.com is the website. Go there, and if you go there, you'll see not only Chow Chow is available, here's a, a little brief taste of what all they have for you to taste at Lane Southern Orchards. They've got pecans of various varieties. They've got samplers for you. They've got all types of jelly and jams. They've got pies, like they call it Georgia Pecan Pie. And they've got bread, and they've got peaches, of course. A basket for you to choose from. A taste of Georgia basket is available. Syrups of all types and salsa. I bet you they got a peach salsa to die for. All at Lane Southern Orchards, Fort Valley, Georgia. We appreciate their Twitter account and for helping us learn more about delicious chow chow. I need to try some of theirs or better yet, I just need to go cut the TV on on Saturday, watch some college football and make some chow chow in the kitchen. That, that's a great idea. Or maybe, maybe y'all can give me that. I can have a whole case of chow chow delivered for Christmas from all of our loving listeners of the Y'all Show. <laughs> okay, let's get back to reality. This is the Y'all Show. We love talking about our southern chow chow and more. But we also love our country music. And when we come back, we'll have Precious Harris, the Nashville Music Line. That's up next, and she's going to tell us about... A boy from Georgia, Luke Bryan. He's got the number one song in country music right now. And he had a huge event in downtown Nashville this week. 30,000 people came out to a free concert. She'll tell us about it and what else is going on in Music City, USA. That's up next. Keep it locked here to the Y'all Show. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. 
Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Your daddy had a lake house, he had me painted that summer sophomore year. Said I could stay for free, a couple buddies, a couple weeks. You rode in in a little red Honda and headed straight for the pier. Tank top and cut off jeans, a little pack sun underneath. Who knew it was about to be? Oh, that's the latest record from Luke Bryan. Sunrise, sunburn, sunset here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. And each Wednesday we have the Nashville Music Line with our friend Precious Harris. And we've got Precious on the line right now from Music Road, Nashville, Tennessee. And how about old Luke Bryan and that song right there, Precious? Well, Luke is, had a, he is such a creative person. He created a way to block traffic for 30,000 people to come downtown really? this week on Monday. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have played that song then. We were, are you mad at Luke? Is all of Nashville mad at Luke Bryan? Oh, no. He's the most loved individual ever. Plus, you know, uh, some people are uh, good with number 20, which is his 20th number one. So, you know, definitely radio loves him. But uh, he's one of the another one in line in the belt notch of having you know, country superstars who have clubs downtown now. So he joins John Rich and Jason Aldean and Blake Shelton of having you know clubs downtown. Clubs, as in like uh, like restaurant bar type places, is what you're talking about. Oh yeah, maybe during CMA Fest, the ones that had opened up, it was oh yeah, and Alan Jackson forgot about him. Uh, massive chaos. But there was music everywhere. So if you don't like country music and you don't like a lot of music, you know, don't live downtown. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. We actually played a gig on the Strip down there the other day on Demumbrium. And we had horns, and it sounded like 
you know, it was just amazing. Frank Sinatra mixed with uh, some cool pop stuff. If you had John Mayer add horns to his set. But anyway, we got the police called on us twice, you know, because you got all those apartment buildings that didn't used to be there. Yeah. There now. So we had to quit playing after eight o'clock at night. And I'm thinking, then why did you buy a condo across the street from a live music venue? Also known as a honky tonk. Yes. Honky tonk. (laughs) In Nashville, Tennessee, of all places. Yeah. And it's tailgate. What does that mean? It means loud music, cold beer, and lots of wings. Just saying, you know. But, you know, no, I got to love Luke. He's he's actually, uh, uh, it's called Luke's 32 Bridge Food and Drink. That's, um, that's the name of the club there that he opened, which, by the way, the day that it opened, that song we just played, Sunrise, Sunburn, Sunset, went to number one on the Billboard Country Singles chart. So what a what a day for Luke Bryan. Yeah, and see, we haven't, we haven't had his party yet, his number one party to celebrate. Some people are good. Uh, we did celebrate his 16th, I mean, his 17th, 18th, and 19th together. But it's pretty good. So hopefully we'll celebrate his 20th and 21st. Um, record together and of course he had his former you know t-shirt salesman open up for him um was cole swindell and of course Ah. him and yeah cole used to sell t-shirts for him matter of fact one of my former music kids wrote a song with cole called you ain't worth the whiskey which is one of my favorite songs of cole period Mm -hmm. i just love it and not because my kid wrote it i just love the song but yeah luke and his beautiful beautiful wife caroline cut a ribbon to officially open the new bar so it was like a huge affair yeah it's luke's 32 bridge food and drink in nashville and on monday of this week he had the opening for it Thirty thousand fans as precious said came out for this event and it is downtown give us a landmark or two where it's near precious well it's uh uh they sit they had the actual stage at fifth and broadway okay because that's the easiest place to get you know to get people to they but yeah it was a it was a, a very, 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 very big because it was free concert, a free street concert, not just opening of that. So it was music everywhere. Wow. Well, we, that's Nashville. Well, I know he's got a, a, a place down there. You said Alan Jackson's got one. Florida Georgia Line has a, a place there that's popping in Nashville, Tennessee. So these artists. Alan Jackson. Yeah. yeah. All, John all, Rich. Oh, okay. John Rich. What's John Rich's place called? Do you know? I wish to God I would have bought the freaking trademark, but it's called uh, Redneck Riviera. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a redneck. Oh, I'm such a, well, I'm just a little red, but I'm a whole lot hillbilly. Yeah, okay. Ooh, that, that's a song title. Yes. I better write that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There's a number one song we've got right here. With Precious Harris, this is the Nashville Music Line on the Y'all Show with John Raw. We have a fun time going through what all is going on in Nashville Music City, USA. Hey, Precious, I want to keep talking music with you, but since we're talking about downtown Nashville and all that going on, are you sure Nashville is still in the South and in Tennessee? Is it not part of Mexico? Because I was flipping through the TV Tuesday night, and there was a soccer game going on at Nissan Stadium, and it looked like Nashville had become Mexico. What do you know about that? I do know that that has been coming for almost two years. Um because we do have quite because of the insurgent of all the new buildings and and all the new high rises and when you come down here as you would know very well you haven't been here in a while you come down you go oh my god precious where did music row go and you'll notice there's you know uh, jw marriott has a huge hotel and i was there the other day but i forgot to ask them uh, how tall it was but it's definitely a 
a very big money, you know, big woohoo in the national skyline now. Gorgeous hotel. But uh, because of all the insurge of all the work that is needed to do this, and I'm talking everything from welders to carpenters to, you know, contractors to the people you see walking up on the beams 45 feet in the air, that there is a large number of the people that we depend on to help keep this city going. And doing this is our, you know, our workers from uh, south of the border. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, and because it is such a a huge population, they estimate 100,000 here. Really? Nashville. Yes, sir. And made homes and living here and working here and doing what they need to do to help our city grow. And so they, you know, it's been a huge because uh, they do have uh, their own um, council for, uh, you know, the workers that's come from Mexico. Um, and uh, so they've actually put together accounts and realized how bad it's needed. And because, I mean, and you don't even have to be from south of the border because there's a lot of people from north. You know, Britons love soccer. Um, so you've got a lot of insurgents from different people, you know, coming in, um, you know, that in a good way uh, that are wanting to have the sport. And why not? It's the fourth one down the line for us. Yeah. You know, we got the Predators. we got the Titan Up. we got, um, you know, yeah. the baseball. Yeah. Which we're fixing to change the name. And now we got soccer. So it's very much a viable city to come in and have a good time outside of music. Yeah. I don't know if there was a country music connection at the soccer game there at Nissan Stadium. The pitch looked really nice. I, you like the word, way I use that word there? Uh, then I'll just switch it over for football as the Titans are going to have a home game, I guess, this coming weekend at Nissan yes. Stadium. But, yeah, soccer. Now, while I still have sports in my mind, Precious, I can't let this go. You have let, let it be known to the whole South how you like those Kentucky Wildcats. Well, congratulations, Precious, the streak is over. Your team, after 31 years, defeated Florida this past weekend in football. I saw that. But see, <laughs> I uh, but see, I was a basketball type of girl. Oh, come on! But see, I mean, see, I'm sort of like not a good football fan because when I was, uh, you know, I actually when I first became a football fan, because I was grew up basketball, you know. Kyle Macy and all those guys from the 80s, and we won all those championships about every other year. Um, but I also loved Tennessee football when I first moved here. When, um, you know, when Peyton was playing, you had to love Tennessee football or you really weren't welcome <laughs> in Tennessee anywhere else because it was like blood orange, so to speak. Um, you know, and of course, I've had kids that wrote a song for Alabama called Roll Tide Roll. Um, so, you know, I've had. I've had to be, you know, leave the blue side several times during my career in Nashville because of, you know, of my, I call them my kids, but my intern was from, you know, Huntsville, but he was an Alabama Road Tide fan. Mm-hmm. One of my kids named their daughter Crimson. No way. So, yeah. Yes. So I've had to uh, cross over and let my blood run a little crimson bl- bl- uh, red and a little, you know, uh, Tennessee orange. But uh, I got two, ki- three kids now from Florida that are all Seminole fans. Yeah. So I can't even mention the word gator yeah. anywhere near. <laughs> well, <laughs> newsflash, Kentucky beat Florida, so. I know. They were all excited. Oh, yeah, the kids text me and said, Mama P, guess what? Kentucky beat our enemy. And they're, like, so excited. I'm not even Kentucky fans. But they were excited just because Florida got beat. 
Now, I don't want to belabor the point because we've talked about it already a lot here, but, you know, Florida State, you mentioned them. They are the alma mater and a former football player for them. Burt Reynolds played for the Knowles back in the 50s, and, of course, he passed away last week. Your quick thoughts on his passing and and how that was felt in Nashville. Well, actually, it was felt really close because, you know, he used to live here. Um, He really did. And so he lived uh, right outside of Nashville in Green Hills, you know, like about 10 minutes down the road from Music Row. Um, Yeah, Bert was very well loved here. And, of course, you know, I think, if I'm not mistaken, some of the people that's told me stories here was when Bert was here, he was uh, living up on the ridge in Green Hills. And, of course, there were some other up-and-coming celebrities there at the time. There was Doris Day and things like that. So, you know, Bert was very much a part of the Nashville fold in the early 60s. Yeah. So um, I hate that because one of my favorite movies of all time which I'm actually friends now with, um, uh, Smoking the Bandit, is the little, um, uh, the guy that was uh, with uh, Jackie Gleason. And I can't remember his name in the movie because I know him so well, you know, because he's actually president of the United States for ASCAP. Really? Uh, yeah, his name is Paul Williams. Okay. Well, yeah, I did. I did, had uh, no idea. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And I went to his book signing about a year or two years ago and, and he goes, oh, my God, someone my size, because he's not very tall. <laughs> and I had my flats on. And so he and I hung out the whole night saying, hey, you know, you know, we're the we're the, we're the power couple, you know, that's five foot two. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking with five foot two Precious Harris here on the Y'all Show. She's the author of I Know Country with 366 daily country music Q&As. It's available for download via ebook at iknowcountry.com. She's a music journalist who wrote the book, The College of Songology 101, The Singer-Songwriter's Need-to-Know Reference Handbook, And that's available at collegeofsongology.com. You can also get it at Amazon. Follow Precious's blog, nashvillemusicline.com. As we go to break, we'll come back and talk some more country with Precious. We have a question for you to think about during the break. Which iconic male country music artist released I Don't Need Your Rockin' Chair on this date back in 1992? And it starred guest vocals Garth Brooks, Clint Black, Vince Gill, and a whole lot more, and a whole litany of greats from that time period on this song, I Don't Need Your Rockin' Chair. We'll play that song, and we'll have the answer when we come back here on The Y'all Show. Every year, thousands overpay for a used car. They're left feeling disappointed, ashamed, and alone. Traditional pricing books only add to the confusion, offering only guesstimates and ranges. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. I don't need your rocking chair. Your Geritol or your Medicare. 
still got neon in my veins. This gray hair don't mean a thing. I do my rocking on the stage. You can't put this possum in a cage. My body's old, but it ain't impaired. For the junkyard, yeah Cause I still feel like a new carpet It might take a little longer But I'll get there Well, I don't need your rocking chair And we're back on the Y'all Show with John Rawl as we talk country music more here in our final segment of this Wednesday edition. We've got Precious Harris, direct from Music Row, joining us here on this Wednesday edition. And as we went to break, we asked the question, which iconic male country artist released I Don't Need Your Rockin' Chair back in 1992? It came out this week back in 92. And the answer of that great song, of course, The Possum. George Jones, and you heard guest vocalists on that song. Those guest vocalists included Garth Brooks, Clint Black, Vince Gill, Alan Jackson, Patty Loveless, Joe Diffie was on there. Patty, uh, Patty Loveless, of course. Precious, who else am I missing? Mark Chestnut, uh, Travis Strait, which I love. Mark, he and I share. He and I both love George very, very much. Of course, my dad, one of his bucket list things, probably one of the very few things on the bucket list was to meet George Jones. And when I worked for Chicken Soup for the Country, so the book, I got to introduce him to George Jones. He goes, okay, I can die a happy man. <laughs> Years before Thomas Thread ever no, wrote no, the no. song. Who said that? I, did, did... I should have kept that title. I know. But no, I actually used to work for George and Nancy and um, just sweet, sweet couple. You know, George actually started George Jones University uh, because him and Nancy saw a need to help people get into the music. And one of the people in the beginning of that class, the very first class, and I forgot what they call a first class because it is nine o'clock in the morning and I'm not a morning person, but it was Claire Dunn, the, the, the country artist okay. who has, uh, yeah, she was in our class and, uh, a guy named Ryan Weaver, who, uh, Charlie Daniels manager now, um, uh, uh, manages and Ryan's a wonderful, incredible talent who's military to the core because of his brother was actually part of Black Hawk Down. Yeah. There was a lot of great, great memories there. Okay. So, and of course, it was written by one of my good friends, uh, Billy Yates, who tours 200, year, 200 dates a year in Europe, and uh, Frank Dykus, and then, of course, Carrie Kurt Phillips, and Carrie and I share that we were on Dallas to get dialysis together many years ago. Carrie got a transplant. I got a transplant, and Carrie also wrote a couple of big McGraw hits for Tim McGraw, too. And he's Down a fellow, he's yeah. your fellow Kentuckian, too. Totally, yeah. We had that in common. I forgot about actually. I, whew, I forgot about that because he and I always, you know, uh, talked about songwriting. Because he would come and write with my boss at the time, named Randy Boudreaux, uh, from Louisiana, who wrote "Alibis," "Not Sit Heart," "Who Needs Your Baby," you know. So that was when we used to all run around at the Longhorn, which <laughs> I took you there many times. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You knew Carrie. Carrie was there. He had his overalls. I, I, overalls, overalls. He's one of those guys that you, you don't forget what he looks like once you ever see it. Even if you just saw a picture of Carrie Kurt Phillips, he's 
Very, very memorable. Hey, now yeah. I've got to clarify something, Precious. You said that somebody said they could die happy after meeting the other. Was that George Jones saying that about meeting your dad? No, my dad, <laughs> George. Oh my God, you have no idea. My dad, he uh, he had one day in his life he got to meet Merle Haggard, George Jones, and John Anderson all on the same day because we were God. doing a show at the time at CNN. And he, he couldn't sleep for like two days. He was so excited. Wow. So, you know. Your dad your dad's a lucky fellow. So, lucky fellow. And it's so funny. My brother and sisters would say, you know, now your dad's favorite kid, great. And we can never top that. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, another lucky fellow, we've mentioned him before on the program, but i got to ask you about the latest that you've got for Bill Anderson. Whispering Bill oh, Anderson yeah. back in it as he's going to be an honoree at the Nashville Association of Talent Directors. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm actually a member, and I'm very, very excited. You know, of course, Bill's got a 72nd. How do you say 72nd? 72, I'm from Kentucky. I can't remember. But it's the 72nd. Is that right? 72nd. That's Come it. on, all together, all together. One, two, 72nd. <laughs> You know, we, we have this thing called English here in the South. I don't know if you're aware of that. Now, it's the Kang's English instead of the King's English, but yeah. No, I know. And plus, you know, you know me for, what, 25, almost 30 years. You know I'm not a morning person, but I love you, so I'm up at this time. Good. But, uh, anyway, he, I'm sorry we had to get you at the crack of dawn. At, I'm sorry, at the crack of noon, rather, <laughs> to do this show. I know, I know. Uh, anyway, he, uh, you know, our Bill is being also uh, – honored at with some other my other good friends which is the legendary CIA agent Stan Barnett and of course uh, I'll talk for Stan for in a, back in a second but the award-winning band Christian band Mercy Me of course Variety Attractions George Moffat he's a, he's very much uh, behind the scenes but he's the one that actually helped state fairs and and to where they are today he used to bring some major talent in uh, and then of course uh, the Eon Print of EPAC, which is one of our big theatrical uh, places here to go see some wonderful, wonderful shows. Kathleen O'Brien, of course, another legendary API agent, a guy named Ray Shield. But anyway, but Stan, I was in his office not too long ago, you know, and I haven't, I've only, I go in there to visit and say hi, but I've never gone in there for a meeting to physically say, can you look at one of my acts to sign? He loved both my acts. Uh, but he said, I can't do precious, you know, sign the acts. I have to look at the labels first and explain the business. And I totally understood it. And I asked, I said, who was one of the very first people you ever signed? He goes, I don't sign a lot of people, but he said, when I was a young agent, I signed a young girl by the name of Brenda Lee. Hmm. I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it sort of put things in perspective, you know? Yeah. But I'm so excited because he's getting inducted. He's like one of my, my, my BFF. So I'm very, very excited for him. And he and I, and I've got him a special, special picture. I'm going to bring that night and give it to him. Well, that's great. Again, this is for the Nashville Association of Talent Directors, and they'll be having this event where Bill Anderson and others will be honored on November 7th at the Hermitage Hotel. And we yeah. look forward to co covering that as that event draws closer. Also, Precious, want to ask you about something that got announced on Tuesday as Phil Vassar and Lone Star announced the Not-So-Silent Night Tour that will be going yeah. on throughout the Southeast and more. What do you know about this, I guess, holiday-type tour that these two country acts will be doing? 
Well, see, they've been friends forever. I mean, when even when we used to go see Phil Vassar and uh, and his uh, sidekick, who actually started the band Six Wire. Um, but yeah, they've been wanting to do something for a while, you know, because Lone Star. They they do a lot of dates, but it's 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 so much more fun. I mean, there's all kind of you'll see, you know, Lone Star at the clubs or you know where they're still touring the the bigger venues, but. It's not. It's so much more fun when you bring a friend along. You know, mm-hmm. I heard there's some stuff in the works with maybe Tracy Lawrence and Buddy Jewel doing some stuff and maybe Joe Dippy again. Uh, but you know, until I actually skit because the schedules are so crazy when a lot of these acts are doing 150 to 200 dates a year that had extra dates that fits everybody's schedule is really hard. So, but I'm hoping I'll find out some more and let you know next week about. Some of the cities they're going to be kicking off in. Well, I actually have a few of those, Precious. By the way, oh, they're, awesome. they're, they're going to release a single called the Not So Silent Night Tour. Not So Silent Night is the name of the single, rather. It's coming out on November 2nd, and it's a benefit single for the Salvation Army. So great job by Phil Vassar and Lone Star. By the way, as far as dates for this tour that they're going to launch, it's going to start in Biloxi at the IP Casino on November 30th, other southern dates include the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville on December the 2nd, and they'll wrap up the tour. They're going to go up north for a bunch of stops, and they'll be in Frederick, Maryland to wrap it up at the Weinberg Center on December 22nd. Phil Vassar and Lone Star together on tour for the Not-So-Silent Night Tour. And that is a look at what all's going on in Nashville Music City, USA, with our friend Precious Harris. Again, we encourage you to check out some of Precious's great writing. She's got I Know Country, which is the country music Q&A thing that you can check it out at IKnowCountry.com. Then she wrote the book, The College of Songology 101, The Singer-Songwriters Need to Know Reference Handbook. Precious, have a great week, and we look forward to having you back on here next week. Well, thank you. You too, and have a great weekend. Go Titans, hopefully, if we get back to where we need to be. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they had a bad one against Miami last week. Maybe they can get on the winning side. Hey, that's football. I didn't think you liked football. Well, I do. I mean, I love Titan football, okay. you know. But i tell you one thing. It looks the other night. It's pretty bad when your husband says, come look, they're fixing to fight on the football field. Well, so, yeah, go Titans. Well, you're, so, a, you're, you're a, a Titan week. fan. i got to ask you this question because you're female. What do you think of the new unis? I'm going to plead the Fifth Amendment. Okay. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't really like them. I don't like the dirt. They got a dark helmet now. I just don't like it. I don't mind a dark helmet. I just don't like that logo on the side of it. That's my one peso of, of advice for the Titans. They should have had the other logo put up there, but, hey, who am I? Precious, thank you very much. You have a great right week, here. and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, darling. All right. Well, that concludes today's y'all show again. For our listeners in the South who are going to be impacted by Hurricane Florence, please, please, please follow the advice and go to a shelter inland, far inland. And we'll be back here tomorrow to give you the latest on that. And we'll have SEC football talk and more. That's all on the Thursday, y'all. Thank you for listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. Hey there.
there? I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kids' stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick. Miss Lydia! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.